You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast where Welsh rugby matters. So the Grand Slam celebrations have finally dived down and it's a return to club rugby this weekend. If you've never listened to us before, we're here week in, week out, not just for the internationals. So make sure you rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or however you get your podcasts. This weekend, the Welsh derbies took centre stage as the Cardiff Blues hosted Scarlets in a tri-fest at the Arms Park. Meanwhile, the Dragons headed to the Liberty looking for their first away win in the league since 2015. Spoiler alert, they did not get it. Quick word for our sponsors before we get underway at So Coffee Trades. Um, fantastic young business. We, you know, we push this week in, week out because these, these guys have supported us. And it's the coffee company that's owned by the Ospreys hooker, Scott Otten. And if you want to get your hands on some top quality coffee, you can either do it by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk or download the app. And if you do that, you can get 15% off as well. My regular partner in crime joins me again tonight. Dan Killig is here. How are you, Dan? Had a good week? Yeah, good week, Chad. Apart from the fact that I picked up a little bit of a bug from you, which you uh, very kindly passed on to me, yeah, and I sure sneezed. I'm on about my fifty seventh sneeze. Yeah, it's stuck around. It's stuck around for a while. It's a bit of a bugger, this one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Apart from that, though, lovely blue skies today. Yeah, not bad, was it? Out on the bike. I was out on the bike. Yeah, I'm not in my most moving a bit. limber form yeah. today. Yeah, like I'm a bit gingerly. I am a bit gingerly, and I'm like I'm looking at the stairs, thinking when I finish this and head up to sleep for the for the night it's going to be like that's going to be the toughest task of the day is just lugging my massive frame up the up the stairs you've got a stair lift haven't you I, I need one now I think yeah <laughs> it's not far off that but uh, yeah you uh, enjoy the rugby this weekend I derby did. weekend I did enjoy it mm. yeah there were two very very different games weren't they just a bit yeah uh, a, a real golfing quality and I'm sure we'll be getting into this because you've, uh, in a, a bizarre and most unexpected act of generosity, you've uh, done all the prep for this week, haven't you? Normally it's me I have. scribbling away and tapping away on the laptop to add a, try and add some element of structure to this show. And uh, I, yeah. I, need to, I need to pull my weight. So yeah, yeah. I've come up with five. Amazing. I was going for a sixth, but no. No, no, no. Just always five. five. So the first part of the show is fact or fiction. And... This is where we debate five statements and decide whether they are true or false. So normally I write the statements and throw them at Dan and then we have a chat about them, but I have not seen them this week. So yes, I'm on the receiving end. So far away. Pick a number. All right, number three, shall we? Number three. Okie dokie. Steph Evans must start... For the remaining games for the start for the Scarlets. Ooh, fact or fiction? It's an interesting one. Um, 
Yeah, made a decent impact when he came off the bench, I think. Huge impact, I yeah, think. Yeah, he did. But that said, one of those slightly strange games, because the game was the game was done and dusted at half-time. And I know, obviously, we're working off the, the back of that remarkable England-Scotland game where Scotland managed to, to come back, but... Apparently they were chance, weren't they, of Scotland <laughs> at half-time. They were, okay. I, that's right. Well, yeah, I, was, I wasn't, wasn't holding out for the Scarlets to be able to do that, I don't think. So, yeah, it was, it was so one-sided that I don't know how much you can necessarily read into it. They were much better in the second half. You know, I think Rob Evans and, and Ken Owens made, a, made an impact. It's, it's, it's peculiar, though, isn't it? It is very peculiar that, he had, that he's just not being picked because he's... Even when he's been fit. Well, he's not been he's not been a regular feature all throughout the season, really, has he? What's happened there? Well, we we discussed this right at the start of the season. Said that it looked as though there was there's yeah the Hibbert was not happy with yeah they had disagreement or he wasn't happy with his his general fitness level. You know, he was playing Premiership rugby for a while during that time. So yeah, I mean, look, if I was picking the side, I'd be picking him at the moment. I think they've got bigger problems than that, really. I don't think it's just down to that, yeah. you know, down to that one selection on the wing. I think that really they they looked a lot tighter when they had the when they had the first choice front row on, and but really there it was the breakdown for me was the was the the key area. Cardiff just got the ball so so quickly. James Davis, you know, he he didn't have he, he was, was quiet, a nuisance. I thought as usual, but he got pinged a couple of times and. That's not what we expect from him. A lot of the time, he's the one in there causing the trouble, winning the penalty turnovers, freeing up the ball for Scarlets, and and it, it just wasn't his night. You can usually tell from looking at his face, can't you, that he's been in the game. Yeah, and it looked as if he'd just come out of the bath. Mm. His hair was flat. He didn't look as if he'd been in uh, been in much of a game. I didn't notice that one, Dan. I have to take your word for it, but but it looked back. Steph Evans, yeah. though, for me. Yeah, I, sorry, I, we've we strayed off the point. I yeah. I, I mean. Yeah, go, go on, go on. Uh, yes. You talked to us about Steph So I, I think he has to start. I think the Scarlets really struggle to penetrate and, and, and make yards, and he always beats the first man. Mm. I mean, he, he certainly did when he came on, didn't he? Beat you know, two or three players every yeah. time. Got a, got a couple of fantastic offloads. Yeah, it was a great break followed by an offload inside yeah. In, to, was it inside Gareth Davis? Gareth, yeah. yeah, and when the Scarlets are struggling up front, which they, which they have done at times... The, he, he's, he's, he's got to be there. I think he makes a massive difference to them when he's played, and I just can't understand. I think they've got to put the put the differences aside mm. and get him in get him in that side for the remainder of the games. For me, it's a it's a an absolute fact. All right, yeah, I will go fact on it. I think you're right. I'd put him in that. I'd put him in that starting lineup if I was picking the team. However, I think there are bigger selection issues. That is going to go down as one of Reese Patchell's worst games for the Scarlets. Just really wasn't himself. Defensively, didn't look, didn't look anywhere near solid enough. You know, and it was kind of summed up by that where he went for that flat kick and, and hit Kieran Hardy. So smacked him right on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah you, that was that was a big concern because he's not played a huge amount of rugby and not as much as he you know as he would have hoped this season. And as you know, I'm a massive fan of him. And I think he's so integral to how the, the Scarlet's backline ticks. And it was a very, it was a laboured backline performance from the Scarlet's, I thought. And while I think the, the problems that they suffered up front were, were probably the, the real cause, you're not used to seeing Scarlet's be that flat-footed in attack. Okay, I'm going to take you on to number two, okay? Because mm. it's linked, it's... it's, it's, it's uh, all around the Scarlet. Well, you're game. calling okay. the shots tonight, mate. You are in the box seat, number so, 10, pulling the strings. That's it. Number one, the Scarlets won the second half against the Blues, mm. 17 points to three, yeah? The Scarlets would have won the game had they started with the Sheriff, Gareth Davis, Rob Evans, and Steph Evans. Hmm. Fact or fiction? Okay. I'm going to say fiction. I think it was more than selection. I think they would... They were just left in the starting blocks. It, it definitely would have had an impact, but then the second half wouldn't have played out in that way had it been a tighter game. I think Cardiff really had a just had a, had the better of them in in the biggest facets of the game, with the exception of the scrum. That is one that you that you could. Do you have think a look second at. half though the Scarlet seemed to? I thought have I thought a lot the, of I thought the Blues were, in, were working in three and when third gear. You know, if you've got a thirty six point lead, 
You yeah, they, you know, they might have gone out and won the second half, but really, the game was already won. The game was, the game was already won. I, look, I, I think they would have made a massive difference. Players of that calibre would definitely have made an impact. Yeah. I think it would have been a much closer game. I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if, you know, obviously Rob Evans, Rob Evans came on, then he two tries. The scrum was totally different. Ken yeah, it was. As a scrummage and hooker came on, completely transformed things. Gareth Davis mm. was everywhere. Steph Evans, every time he got the ball, made about 25, 30 yards minimum. Did they... Did, okay. Did he... Should they, have, should they have started then? Should the internationals have started and then brought on yeah. the substitutes? Because Let's, it's a huge call, isn't it? Not starting them because if you're... If, if you're struggling a little bit, then an injury could be picked up yeah. in the first five, ten minutes and then you're brought on. So... There's, yeah, it's a massive call, but ultimately, I think you've got to judge each of those on an individual basis and how much how much they had in the tank, how fit they were. It's it's really unfortunate that scheduling wise, this game comes straight after comes straight after the Grand Slam weekend. Had it been the European Games this weekend and everyone had a rest, then maybe next weekend would have been a bit different. But I think in this scenario, you have to look at each of the individual players and say, right how fit are they to, to play this given how how much they've had to put in on on the field for Wales but if they're in the squad then for me if they're in the squad you you've got to go with you've got to go with what is going to what's going to give you the better chance of winning yeah and I guess the Scarlet's coaches probably thought look if we can hang on in there and then we'll bring them off the bench they'll make an impact and it might see us over the line it's true um, I you know it's hindsight's a wonderful mm. thing isn't it but for me, it's a it's a it's a tact, it's an error there from the coaching staff. No, that's a really interesting point. I would I would say though that I think really Cardiff was so lethal with ball in hand. You know, they made so many breaks. I don't think that was down to personnel. I think that was down to the fact that as a defensive unit, Scarlets didn't look didn't look up to scratch. Cardiff got lots of quick ball, and the halfbacks in particular were. At their lethal best, the pair of them, Thomas Williams and, and Jared yeah. Evans, you know, they are, they're, only, they're only young, but they have got a serious future ahead of them. And they were, they were just able to, to carve holes in the Scarlets' defence. And that's not the first time that we've seen that happen to the Scarlets this season. And I think when you look at, you know, you look at the fact that it has happened on occasion, even when you've had, when you've had Jonathan Davis in there, you know, who is arguably the best defensive outside centre if not the best centre mm. in the world it, that to me implies it's more than selection and it's yeah. down to it's down to them not clicking as a unit which is you know which is a bit of a worry considering you know defensive coaches heading heading to the national side but that said Scarlet's defence when they've been at their best has been had you know had been a really a really strong point you look back at some of those games like the the La Rochelle game where they really had to, you know, really had to dig in and numerous games this season they won the title likewise. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that that's that's what it is. All I'm saying is at the moment, defensively, they're they're not really in there. Not the races. Not the races, yeah. Baseball, certainly based on Fridays. That one's for you. Yeah, good. Okay, <laughs> on to uh, number two. The Cardiff Blues will be the strongest Welsh region next year with the signings of Josh Adams and Hallam Amos. Fact or fiction? I'm going to fact at the moment. Next year. Next year. But I don't think it's necessarily down to those two. Yeah, you can go on to the rest of the squad. I would say that if you're looking at them as as four sides, you're going to have, you know, right at the moment, you can write off the Dragons. You know, it's going to take a a monumental turnaround there, and I'm sure we'll come on to that later. Mm. But, you know, you can write off them based on the last decade. And then you look at the Ospreys. They've got a hell of a lot of work to do and a hell of a lot of recruitment and all of the uncertainty they faced off the pitch. I think they're a long way behind where the Blues are at the moment. So really, it's between the two sides that played on Friday night. Two good signings, as you've mentioned there. I would argue if the if I was in charge of recruitment that perhaps the, the back three is not the area that they need to be strengthening does it imply though that again, there's going to be a couple of departures quite possibly do you see a, a Grand Slam winning 10 or 15 departing possibly quite possibly yeah yeah and 
Yeah, that's prob- probably going to be the case, isn't it? Are we going to see... I mean, Owen Lane was... Looked, oh, he was looked superb. Out, looked outstanding, didn't yeah. he? Every time he got the ball. You know, we said... I think you said, is he, is he quick enough for I international? He is, isn't he, yeah. He did seem it, didn't he, on that yeah. weekend? He, he, when he got the ball, it seemed to almost be a fast forward. Yeah. Um, and then we know he's got the brain. Mm. Could, will we see him switch to centre? If... if uh, So, it, it, presumably, Amos will, will go to... We're good at 15. It's strange, isn't it? Like I, I look at it and kind of go, of all the positions they needed to recruit in, wing and fullback, even if you were to say yeah. that Anscombe was going to go, I'd argue that they don't. That's, you know, if I was looking at how my budget was going to be carved up, I'd be looking at front five again. It's peculiar. Well, yeah, and um, second row and an eight. You know, an eight... Um, you know, yeah, Nick, 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 Nick Williams, Nick Williams is, is being, you know, being pushed to the limit, isn't he? Yeah. And, and he's brilliant. Know, rightly so, yeah. he's, he's incredible, isn't he? But he can't go on forever and they need yeah. they need a, another eight coming in there. Um, yeah, I think second round would second be where I'd be looking to recruit. Yeah. And, a, and a hooker, and a hooker potentially. Potentially a hooker. So yeah, that, that's really where my budget would be going. But yeah. nonetheless, I think that their, their end of the season form is really encouraging. I'm going to go out there and say they're going to make the playoffs. And I wonder whether there could be a, a little upset in there as well. I wonder that once they get there, well, could been, that, yeah. you know, could they, could they cause an upset? Well, they, dev- they are devastating, aren't they? Born? I mean, Alice Summerhill again, two tries. He is a finisher. So I don't, I don't like, know why he's not played more in his career. Because every time he plays, he seems to score tries for me. Yeah, but it, make, it makes you question. I'm thinking, is he, so is, 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 does he have defensive mm-hmm. frailties? I haven't seen it so far. Um, He's got genuine pace. Yeah, not judging by that turnover he, he pulled out of the back. You know, a really crucial point in the yeah. game. Ge- genuine pace, it seems. Mm. High ball. Yeah. Seems all right. Good um, finisher. He's like Andy Cole, isn't he, in the Premier He just keeps on scoring. <laughs> he's, he's just a, he's a natural goal scorer, isn't he? There's a reference for the kids there, yeah. yeah. But he yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, look, I, I'm a big fan. I'd love, you know, I'd love a player like Summerhill at the Dragons. Yeah, he's, he, he, he doesn't score one try when he plays, does he? He yeah. scores two or three. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Does it does it make you think there's going to be more more recruitment to come potentially in those areas that you've mentioned? But yeah, the the way that they're the way they're finishing the season is really really encouraging. I think Mulverhill will look at that and will be very very pleased with the the form of late and in particular of, of key individuals. I think he would want to keep Anscombe. I'm not sure it's necessarily going to happen, just based on it, you know, basing it on a hunch. Yeah, I think he more than anything else. It was big. There were big words to come out and say, and I think the, it, I think that you know the lure for him is going to be, is going to be his Wales career. Is he, is he more interested in going and playing somewhere else after the World Cup, having played in a World Cup? Or, or does he want to carry on playing for Wales for a, for a long period of time? You That's the thing whether, I think might keep him. You wonder whether, you know, he's got a Grand Slam ticked. Mm. Doesn't get any better than that. And then he would have played in the World Cup. Yeah. Or is he coming into... Well, two World Cups. Two World Cups, yeah. yeah coming into late 20s then, pound notes on offer, going to play, also experiencing something different. Yeah, how many caps has he got now as well? That would be an interesting one. So it must be... must be... Fair way short of that sixty. Though, and also, will thought. you know? Will the rule change? So again, um, we'll, we'll have God. to we'll have to wait and see. So I I I think he'll he'll go. Yeah, and Jared Evans is playing so well with Tom. You know, with with Thomas as well. And then just Lloyd does what Lloyd does. Um, the <laughs> yeah. nine the nine and ten combo is good. So I know I know I rib you for being the biggest member of the Lloyd Williams fan club that there has ever been, including his own family. But he has been fantastic this yeah. season. He well, has. I know. I know. It, I've always like. Yeah, it, you know. I've always given you a bit of stick for it, but he's been back to it. He's been back to his best this he season. Has. He's had a cracking season, but he does a lot of unseen work. Yeah, he? he doesn't. Doesn't all you know? You're not seeing like a massive Gareth Davis break. Mm. You know, every game, but there's a huge amount of sweeping. Yeah, he's neat, tidy. Does quick everything. service. Yeah. yeah, yeah, quick service. Does everything. Everything you'd expect of a nine, and it's something that the that the Wales set we, we've lacked at times. So he's he's you know he really he really. He can't be doing much more at the moment, can he? Mm. Um, but no, yeah, I think, I think those signings would would shout the shout, don't they? That there's going to be a big departure. Yeah, I, I would say. I, I, I would think so. When everyone is fit, and that's the thing, there, there there is strength in depth with those players coming in. So depending on whether a few people move on or, or don't, 
you think of that back line as well. What a back line. It's so exciting. I mean, it's exciting as it is at the moment. It is. But it's, and it's just going to go up. It's, it's only going to get any better. It was really telling, though. Well, I don't know if it's telling, but it was really interesting when the teams were named that you put Anscombe straight in at, at fullback, you know, rather than rather than moving. Yeah, you know, maybe putting Nipper at fullback and and having uh, and having Anscombe at ten. It's quite interesting. I mean, I think it does go to show how how highly he rates Jared Evans. Well, and also that. Matthew Morgan isn't uh, isn't a good enough fifteen, is he? Again, take him at the dragon still. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. Well, again, you know. Look, you know, I've got a soft spot for him. His, his defence is. Yeah, you're, really... you're starting him every time. Come on. Nah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, Cardiff have looked really good when they've played Anscombe and, and Evans in in tandem because you're able to bring a player of Anscombe's quality in as you know as a second playmaker. That's that's just a, a fantastic option to have. And when you're getting the kind of ball that they were getting on Friday night, especially with the service you're getting from Thomas Williams. You can see how good a player as well Anscombe is going to just to play ten and fifteen mm-hmm. and change seamlessly, you know, the international level. Yeah, making my statement about goal kicking look even more ridiculous again <laughs> this week. He? Slotted everything. He's just yeah. playing with such confidence. He is. He's, he's riding high now, isn't he? Fully fit. Dangerous player when he's like that. Oh, he's a hugely dangerous player. If he does go over the bridge. What a signing that'll be. It will be. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty convinced that based on what we've seen and those two signings, I'd expect to see a few more signings come in as well. You know, Cardiff Blues are, are gonna go into it as as strong contenders to be the strongest Welsh region. A lot is gonna depend that the Scarlets on how the new coaching set up slot in. That's that's gonna be an interesting one. You think with Mulverhill having a, a year under his belt to bed in mm. They're going to be in a really good place, aren't they? And you'd, you'd expect potentially the Scarlets to have a um, probably sure or, or yeah. maybe you'll come in with a bang. Sometimes, but, uh, sometimes you get that honeymoon period. It took Pivak a long time to settle in at, at the Scarlets you know, before making that big impact. Exactly what Brad Moore is going to do. It's it'll be really interesting to see. I think it'll be quick. I really do. I think he'll come in and it'll be it'll be you know sharp and. Uh, they respond. They'll respond quickly. I don't think the squad is in the same position. It well, it's definitely not in the same position it was when they had those two fantastic seasons back to back. So, I think a lot is going to depend on what they do with the squad over the summer. Players coming in and going out, and yeah, just, I, just strengthening that. I don't think they're that they're that far off for me. I think if they if they make the selections right, which I think which I think Brad will do as as coming in with fresh eyes, mm. and um, you know like Cassian the, the the eight, he's he's got he's got lovely ball skills. Yeah, yeah? he's a great player. But so when the Scarlets are on front foot, he's he, he's a, he's a Scarlet's eight, right? But when they're going backwards and getting and getting beaten mm. up, he's non existent. He, he's he's been left. Um, you know, he's been left behind, but you saw some of the. He's had a couple of good games. Yeah, he's had a couple. Uh, of... I think you doesn't know, look. He doesn't look fit to me. Do you think? Doesn't look quite right. Well, again, um, that's been a problem throughout the entire season. Is they have struggled to keep to keep a, a strong squad fit. They've had so yeah. many injuries. That again, maybe that will make a difference going into next season. We well, said you know this they before. Got the offload, you know, when they got the offloads yeah. going. They they were wrong footing people and picking at weak shoulders, and they they looked they looked really decent and that's when you could see why he was picked um, and, select, and, and, and and sort of targeted by the Scarlets because he fits in with that mould and the Scarlets haven't helped themselves for me because they've, they've changed they've changed the way they, they play and they've picked the wrong people which has gone against their style mm. um, and you know picking players that, that aren't pick, they, they, I don't know it's just I think they're they've kind of created this a little bit themselves um, so I think the coach, the coaching switch can't come quick enough, really. Interesting point. It's an interesting point. And, you know, like we said, I think there must be an element of distraction about either amongst the players, amongst the coaching staff, knowing that that coaching team is moving on at the end of the season. I feel like that, and not just moving on, heading on to take on the, the Wales job, I think there must, that must have had some kind of impact I don't, I don't I think it's a combination of all of these things they lost a lot of players absolute top class players in Tigburn and and Barkley and Scott Williams and Alan Davis all of those players that would have definitely made a big difference 
I think the players they've bought in haven't hit the straps this season that they would have wanted to. You know, I think Hidalgo Klein's been a has been a bit of a disappointing signing. And as you know, I'm a big fan of him when he's when he's at his best. He's headed off to to Quinn's on loan now. He's not he he hasn't quite fitted in in the way that you'd you'd hoped. Uh, you know, Cassiem, as we said there. You know, he's had a couple of good games, but yeah. hadn't really fired before that. Problem but, is with, with with so many signings, though. You know, you if you've got if you've got Shingler fit, you've got yeah. Ball fit, you've yeah. got James Davis fit. You suddenly see Hidalgo Klein yeah. playing the, the type of game he wants to play. You see Cassie. But that's what I'm saying. Is I think it's a combination it, of all of these things that yeah. they've had big injuries. The signings that they've brought in haven't been able to to fill the boots of the players who have gone, and then you've also got. But they haven't been able the coach, to. The coach the moving on as well. Well, you know, it's. I don't know whether they're whether they're exactly exactly the same. You know, someone like Blake Thompson, for example, looked up to up to the task. It's just really unfortunate that he got injured himself. Yeah, he decimated, didn't they? They have, yeah, yeah. And and you know that's. And then you have got the coach, and as you said, the coaching. So one. I think it's a combination of all of these things. It'll be really interesting to see how what you know what Moore does when he gets hold of that squad and how he's able to shape it. Whether he's going to bring in a load, you know, a load more players, or again, who knows what gems there are knocking around the Scarlets, the Scarlets pathway next, region as well. For me, they've got the players. They've made obviously a couple of couple of they've kept kept a couple of the top Welsh boys now. Mm. They've yeah, that's, that's a big boost. And I think they've got they've got the players when they're all fit. They'll be an absolute force again. I don't think there's. For me, there's no panic stations there, really. It's no, just, I don't uh, think it, I don't think it should be panic stations. I I just think that I don't know. I I feel like they haven't. They they particularly in Burn and Barkley, they lost two colossal players, two European class players, the 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 ones who really made a difference, and that's what I think they they struggled to replace. Couple with the injuries, couple with everything else. So yeah, I, I agree. It's not panic stations. But there's there's a, there's a fair amount of work to do. Like I said, I, I don't think the recruitment has been has been nowhere near to the standard of how it's how it's been before. Whether not that the, these are bad players, they're definitely not. But they haven't made the impact that signings of of previous seasons have, as we've praised them on so many occasions. It's it'd be it'd be so difficult to find another boom, wouldn't it? I mean, that that type yeah. of signing was well, uh, was was potentially potentially a one off for for how he plays. Yeah, but um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of. When Shingler redefining what's we'll expected see, uh, from a lock. We'll see a big difference, right? Uh, yeah, he's he's been a massive loss. He's been a massive loss. He's a fantastic player and yeah, you really got a feel for him. Um but yeah, I'm sure we'll chat about a lot more when we go into the second half. But first, we're gonna take a very, very quick break. Coming up later in the show, we are going to be having a look at all of the news from elsewhere in Welsh rugby. So we've got transfer news, we've got injury news. As always, never a dull moment when it comes to Welsh rugby. But first, Dan has still got two fact or fiction statements to throw at me. What, what are we looking at next, Dan? So we're on to number four, and it's the Ospreys showed more attacking intent against the Dragons yeah. than they have all season. There's a little wry smile there on your face, which... Uh, I'm trying to describe for the listeners. Yeah, I think it's probably fact. Uh, they didn't they? Yeah, they've they've played a very very kicking orientated game the whole season. We've mentioned this a number of times that has it been down to the players they've got at their disposal? Sam Davis and Luke Price are clearly two very different players, and I think Price does offer you a bit more. By taking the ball to the line, and you know he he, he showed some nice glimpses, some nice touches, but then his goal kicking wasn't at the level that Sam Davis's is. Again, some of the kicking out of hand wasn't to the same caliber. You know, I think if you were to roll the two players and how they're playing at the moment in together, you'd have a the kind of outside half that they're looking for. Uh, but yeah, I think they did they did show more attacking intent. I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be saying that they're that they're necessarily turning into the Barbarians but they certainly showed more than they have done previously in the season fans would have enjoyed that though wouldn't they a lot more oh yeah Luke Luke Price at 10 it was a lot more I thought it was a 
at times, to be honest, the game was a bit. It was, it was a bit I thought it was lacking in quality. Yeah, it really was. Um, Dragons made it too easy for them in defence. There was so many errors, wasn't there? It was error count was off the charts. Yeah, but there were some nice, some nice, you know, nice passing then on display, which um, we haven't seen. You know. Yeah, there was there were some there were some nice bits, but you're right. The game was peppered with errors from both sides. I think that really the Ospreys it was made it was made to look too easy by the Dragons at times. You know, you were just like, you know they had that try chalked off in the first couple of minutes, and you just look look at the space that Bradley Davis had. You know, and that's not yeah, you know, it's not Keelan Giles nipping through that gap. That's a that's a hulking great second row cutting straight through and then typically running the support line that was really worrying some of those tries were were soft and then on the flip side the tries that the Dragons scored were, were soft intercept tries that that the Ospreys gave them it, it was quite a it was by no means vintage attacking dra- rugby how the Dragons were in the lead I was thinking they've they can't they haven't, they haven't had the ball but it yeah. was just those those intercepts and a few moments of madness of which the Ospreys did have a lot of uh, a lot of moments of madness really didn't they Again, I think both, I think both sides knows. did. I think both sides did. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of coughing the ball up, a lot of unforced errors on on both sides, and it really it made for it made for a scrappy affair. It wasn't it wasn't a, the dullest game of rugby I've ever seen, but it was scrappy in terms of quality, and neither side really managed to string together quality possession for any for any length of time. It was harem scarem type stuff. But you're right, there was definitely more attacking intent. And that's really, we've said this before, that is what I was expecting from the Ospreys this season when they appointed Matt Sherratt as backs coach. Yeah, I thought that was a bit, that was a big um, uh, a big point for me, that it was um, it was better on the eye. Mm. And you could see some of Sherratt's sort of influence then on the actual team because we haven't been able to see, we haven't seen any of that all, all season. Not really. It's been really odd. Yeah. Considering what he did with the Blues and what he's renowned to do. So... For me, that's a big plus for the Ospreys. I think they can only, you know, if they keep continue to work on that, they'll be they'll be pretty dangerous. Um, I don't think I don't think Dirksen is uh, is quick is quick enough. <laughs> you um, really don't like Dirksen, do you? No, I do. I think he, he's a great, yeah, you know, he's a great player. He has to cut inside every time, mm. but there's no there's no out and out pace, is there? You, you compare that to to the Blues wingers, then. Well, you got you Giles know. on the other wing, who yeah, you know, it's fair to say there's there's no shortage of gas there. No, although Tipperick completely. Tipperick completely did him, didn't he? I he think, was chasing I, back. I think he slipped in all fairness. Yeah, but, you know, great effort from Tipperick to, to get I, back. I, I, and did, I, thought, I one deliberately point missed I thought, that oh, slip because I just didn't look at Tipperick. Yeah. He was, yeah. I know. There was one point I thought, oh, Tips is going to get him. He's, he's actually going to get him. And he yeah. did the, the kind of uh, the arc oh, okay, run yeah. just, to, just to buy him that extra Good yard. Pace on him for that. He did well. He did well. And he, he the it was all about the read, wasn't it? Once he yeah. got that, he was, he was away. And... It probably is his finest game, wasn't it? Rogers? I think it probably was. It's it's strange, and we were discussing this off air. I don't remember Roger Williams being that much of a kicking nine when he was at Scarlets and at Bristol uh, and Landover. And you said you watched him a few times at Landover. I remember watching him at Landover. He was scoring tries for fun. Just he was a real, real threat. Um, and yeah, yeah, he had a good, he had a good game, didn't he? On again, the weekend, again, we talk about the Ospreys playing with what they've got. The dragons are, you know, that has been the game plan all season. Has been kick from the base of the scrum, uh, kick from the base of the ruck, kick from the base of the ruck, and he put in a really good performance in that regard. It's not the easiest on the eye, and no. it, I think it smacks of really they've not they've not had anyone nailed down at, at ten throughout the entire season. In that particular game, it felt to me like the dragons really were only ever going to score from an intercept, mm. which obviously was the case. And then you know Amos just capitalising on that that error from Watkins. They 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 didn't they couldn't build anything, yeah. could they? Um, you know the forwards would would go through one or two phases, and then someone would cut a you know say Max Williams would cut a, an okay line, then they'd cough the ball up, and they there was just you know there was so many errors on both sides, wasn't there? But it it did let lead to a, a fairly entertaining game. But if you if you think of the quality of it. It was it was poor. The Dragons' best spell of rugby was, you know, ten minutes from time, where they actually managed to to recycle the ball for a while, and then, you know, you, they were able to make a few breaks, and there were some good offloads, and it just all came too late, really, and that's the that's the frustrating thing. 
what they do next season is going to be really, really difficult. And, you know, I said well, before, I, I, I really admire what Kerry Jones added to, to start with and he did a really good job of adding a layer of structure that wasn't there beforehand. But it's going to take more than that. I, I still look at that Dragon squad and I know it's light, but there's a lot of talented players, particularly the young players in that side. They are good individual players. Players like Wayne, obviously Griffiths miss, missing today. Um, and then you've got... You got some of the, the team, team Basham. Yeah, yeah, team Basham. You know, the real prospects. And then you've got feet players are so quick, aren't they? I, I didn't realise they were. Yeah, he's got. Thinking, who's that dancing on? Literally, he was just dancing on a sixpence, and it was team Basham. He's got some real skills, and again, it's it's another back row for us to to work with. There's a lot of good young talent in that side, but I think we, I think it, the coaching appointment is so so important. I think we said a few. You know, probably a few months back now that the whole future of the Dragons rests on their next coaching appointment because we've had coaches come in good young coaches come in and, and have an impact for a while and it not work out you know you look at Darren Edwards again he's, he's a good coach but he came in made an impact for a while and then wasn't able to yeah. kick on and the, yeah. I kind of get the feeling that if we were to appoint Kerry Jones that might be that might be the same I'd love to keep him in the setup somewhere, but I really think that the Dragons need a an experienced, lap. yeah, an experienced player knows how to get the best out of out of young talent. And yes, look, it is he's not a is not an embarrassment of riches when it comes to playing talent. But there is more there than than the score lines have suggested for a long time. I think. There, yeah, I'd agree. There is a lot. There is talent there, but they've. For me, they've got to look at the front five. Yeah. And if they can get that platform right, then they can allow, and I include the, the back row in, in the, mm. you know, they can allow the back row to do what we know they can do and also the backs because if they if, if the platform isn't right, they can't do anything. And you look at, you know, we were talking about it when we off air, like Ross Moriarty. Mm. He just, you know, he, he blends into sort of being, you know, Fairly anonymous, really. I suppose in 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 that game. Yeah, I thought he had. A, I thought he had a decent game, but yeah, but it's sort of you, because the the game in which he plays, it's and it, you know you could bring Hibbard in, you know, to Hibbard into that as well. That when you've got when you've got the same caliber, like the same quality of player inside and outside you, you sort of see the the, the quality that they do, don't you? And and, and it. It just it just gets lost because yeah, the, and, the difference is so great. And this is it. It's not. It's just I, I, for me. It just is not a well structured side. It's not a side where everyone seems to know their roles. Again, I was really disappointed because at no point did I really think we were going to hold on to that. And you wanted to see some real leadership. It didn't and, feel like a, the players a, a did, either, did it? No. Exactly. So you didn't feel like it? No, I didn't feel like it did. And it it didn't didn't. look like it. What you wanted to see was one of those moments where you have, you know, you have a great leader bringing those players around and going, we've not played that well, but we've got an opportunity here to get our first away win for four years. Here's what we've got to do to get this over the line. And that little bit that just gives you those extra few percentages, and it wasn't there. And that to me is... That's the, the kind of leadership that is lacking, not just in the players, but in the whole setup. And it's shown for a long time. And without that, and I think all of that comes from, from the head coach onwards, that's, that's what we're going to need. Yeah. And, and without that, I, I don't see us improving next season. Well, that leads quite nicely on to the last fact or fiction of, uh, of this pod, which is Hallam Amos leaving the Dragons means that they now have not one star back fact or fiction I mean it depends how you define a star back doesn't it of, of his quality then. so we're saying an international quality an international quality back yeah well that's that's a fact then isn't it I mean you know I think closest would be Tyler, Tyler who again looks like there might be more injury concerns yeah you know he's but Tyler, Tyler has never been allowed to, because of his injury run, to put together enough 
consistency to become a, a, a truly international class player. Whereas I think Amos has stayed fit enough and shown when he's had those opportunities, particularly in Argentina, that he's that he's good enough to to play for Wales on a on a regular. There's a lot of competition in those positions now, which makes it more difficult for him. But you're right, he is international class. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. It's a huge worry though, isn't it? Because he, whenever he gets the ball, he does look, he, he, the moment he gets it, he looks head and shoulders above above the other players in the backs there and, you know, either you know, they get an offload or sometimes some of it doesn't quite come off because I don't think the other players are quite on the same page as him. For me, Dan, oh. it, it's a very similar scenario to what we were saying about the Blues that Amos is going to go and join and how they've got an embarrassment of riches in the back three and they're adding... They're adding Josh Adams and Hallam Amos into that. But really, the bit that they need to move on into the next is probably a bit more bite in that in the pack, and particularly in the front five. Now, Dragons, as we've said, you know, you can have a player as good as Hallam Amos out on the wing, and he only gets the ball when he gets thrown it by by an Osprey player. You know, that's and that is that's symptomatic of the, the problems well, that, that we going. have. And that's why he's going. Of course it is. And again, I, you know, I'm sure he'll get a bit of stick when we have the Christmas derbies and he has to come to, to Rodney, but I don't think anyone really begrudges yeah. him taking I that chance. I think he will, will he? I think he's given, you know, he's given a lot of time there, isn't he? I think the Dragons fans will just say, look, you know, what, 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 what do we expect? Mm. Really? You know, he's, given, well, that's he's it. given us a good number of years, isn't he? And now he's trying his hand somewhere else. He's of an age, isn't he, where he's got, he's got to do that really now for his Welsh ambitions. Yeah, I certainly, I certainly don't blame him. And but it's a, it's a bit what well, so on my point it, it's I'm I'm trying to say that it's your you know and I say you because you support the, the dragons mm. are losing you're losing your your best back then oh yeah to another region who've got a, who've got you know a lot of stars mm. it's a hard thing to take isn't it it's a hard thing to take but it's not it's not something that we're alien to you know again look at the the players who've come. Well, Dan through Evan, the Dragons. Dan Evans today. Well, Dan Evans, choice. yes, but you know, Dan Evans obviously kind of joined from joined from the Scarlets and played very well for the Dragons, particularly actually in his last season, and doing a stint at ten as well, if if you remember. Yeah. And yeah, you know, he's gone on to be a very uh, a fantastic servant for the Ospreys. Probably not had his greatest season this season, actually, but certainly showed <laughs> certainly showed what he's capable of. And again, he club, would man. walk back into the Dragons side, you know, in a in a second but then you know you look at some of those other players over the years Dan Lydia Toby Falatau Lou Charteris there was no real surprise when those when those players moved on because unless you've got the team around you to to foster those those ambitions of winning stuff or competing for stuff then really you know you you can't blame them and and it's been the same old story at the Dragons for you know, for for twelve years, and it's difficult to know how it's gonna how it's gonna change, and it's it's gonna either require investment or it's not gonna change, and it's only gonna get a bit worse, depending on what the eventual outcome of of reset is, whenever that might come. A cheery you. note for you there, Dan, to finish Factor yeah. Fiction. Absolutely. Well, you, yeah, we haven't touched upon also. You had a, a nice little outing, didn't you, in the week? I had a very nice outing in the week, yes. Black tie? Black tie event, yes. This and was a trip down the M4. And a trip down the M4. This was, yeah, Paul James's testimonial dinner. Very nice hotel in, in Bath. Uh, yeah, courtesy of our, good, of our good mate, good friend of the show, Kai Griffiths. Uh, give me an invite for that. And yeah, I was absolutely in my element. Did Fantastic. You, uh, is it true you, you out-scrummaged him? Who's that? <laughs> as James. Paul James mate there is no way tie. there is no way in hell I'd be going anywhere near a, I, yeah, I'd quite able to pack down behind him he's uh, he's not someone you want to come up against so no those rumours are not true uh, I spent most of the evening uh, most of the evening trying to get selfies with uh, you know with sort of the great number of Welsh internationals that there were in the room so yeah Falatau Warburton Adam Jones, a couple of a couple of particular highlights. Any any uh, any stories you can share? Or are they all off the record? Mate, you know me. What what goes on tour stays on Absolutely. tour. So safest way, loose safe, lips sink ships. Loose lips sink ships, my friends. So yeah, no, but fantastic, fantastic night. And what a great player he was, as we said. Brilliant player, when he retired, yeah. you know, hard as nails, strong as an ox.
Right, last part of the show is any other business, which is where we have a roundup of all the other news that's been knocking around uh, within Wales. So some of this, you know, some of this we've we've covered already, but let's just go back to international rugby to start with. Dan Alwyn Jones named Player of the Tournament. That was on Friday morning. I presume that game is no surprise to you. No, I thought it was it was definitely going to be the the. You know, he's definitely going to get the nod on that, wasn't he? And Public vote as well. Yeah, rightly so. He was he was monumental, wasn't mm. he? He just had a fantastic tournament and was head and shoulders above any player. Anyone else, you know, any honourable mentions for you, players who really stood out, either Welsh or otherwise, that I thought, made, I, you know, made a good impression? I thought Curry had a very, very good mm. tournament for England. Um it's quite frightening, isn't it, to think that they're going to have you know Underhill coming back in as well, pushing for that that seven shirt. Mm. Um, who else did uh, did I think played played pretty well? Um, I think we mentioned him earlier. Josh thought, Adams was another player that I thought just stepped up another gear this this tournament. And yeah, I, and I don't know if you've seen his try from this weekend. Yeah, I was looking at, just looking at it earlier. Yeah, yeah amazing finish. He's continuing his form, isn't he? I thought Navidi played played mm. wonderfully well. Um, and Moriarty as well to step into Falatau's shoes and you know you could almost it seems a bit wrong to say we didn't miss Falatau you know you're always going to miss him aren't you but he he played he played a blinder didn't he at eight um, Sam Wolverton on Thursday night as part of the panel said that when Toby's fit he just needs to lace up his boots and he's back in the side and a quality player is going to miss out would you agree with that? yeah would you? Yeah, I've seen. There's been quite a lot of um, tweets and social media around, um, you know, Falatau, you know, having to really sort of up his game. And for me, he's he's easy rate. There's no there's no two ways about it. You know, Moriarty's done a fantastic job, but we've got to remember it's Toby Falatau. Yeah, the guy is. You know, you you could argue that he's the best eight in the world. He really is. There's no questions about it. He's he's in at eight. Definitive. You're in a good, decisive mood tonight, Dan. I think we need we need more of this, mate. Maybe you need to have a, a cold more often. You're really to the point, and you're making it. <laughs> well, you gave it to me, so sorry. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Josh Navidi there. Real sad news watching oh. him go off really early. I don't know if you saw that. Did it was bad, wasn't it? The hyperextension of the of the elbow. The he subsequently dislocated horrible. it. That yeah, you could tell because. You could see in the the top corner of the screen, yeah. But but before they showed the replay, he was like almost like kicking his legs in the air like a toddler. I thought, oh, that's bad because he does not stay. You could only see his feet. Yeah, you You couldn't see his body. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah horrendous. It's such bad luck for him. I don't know what the time scale is in an injury like that, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a race for fitness for the World Cup. I'd, I'd hope. I think it's one where you know you've just got to wait for the. So presumably, when it pops out, you're you're damaging all the ligament. You're damaging everything around it. it Again, wrap him up. In a way, it's you know it's arguably a well, you know, there's an opportunity to pick up injuries at any time, isn't there? You could go through a whole season uninjured and then pick up, you know, like Reese Webb did in the in the lead up to 2015. Yeah. It you is know. unlucky, isn't it? You know, first first game back, he picks I up know, that in the first couple of minutes. Rob Evans off as well. Yeah, carrying his. Again, we'll you know we'll have to see what the the severity of these of these injuries is, but. Is there an element of, of player welfare in this? Is this just the, the game as it is at the moment? What do you think about these? You know, is it just bad luck? What I, do you think about I this? Think it's, I think it's bad luck, yeah. I mean, our, the Welsh players are looked after very well, aren't they, compared to, you know, say if you're playing in England or, or certainly in France. So, yeah, it's just, one, it's just one of those things and it's so physical. It's really unfortunate because there's no fixtures next week in the, you know, no fixtures in the Pro 14 because it's the European weekend and none of the... Yeah. None of the Welsh sides are featuring, so yeah. it's really unfortunate that it's that it's happened right now. Because I mean, when you've got a rest week following, I mean, if anyone needs a rest, it's 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 Navidi. Agreed. It probably needs to be enforced at times as well with him because he just he, he's he's like a Duracell burn, isn't he? Just carries yeah. on and on and on. So, yeah, I don't think you know. It, it again, it could be one of those things that, that that helps that helps us out maybe and pays off. I think he'll be involved in that in the World Cup squad for, mm. for definite. You know, he can play anywhere on that backline, so he, he's got a spot. He's got. He's, yeah. he's on that plane. Well, you know, as we get closer and closer to the World Cup, these are the things we're going to start speculating on. And 
God, the back row. The back row. There's just there's going to be some. How many points are going to be guys. on the back row? I know. Unless there's it. a load of injuries, which you know, there's all that such word. There, yeah. there really isn't. But another bit of news for you, though. Looking ahead to next year's Six Nations, which is only you know three hundred and three hundred odd days away. Friday night fixtures are set to be scrapped for the 2020 and 2021 editions of the competition. Do you have a particular feeling on that? I know you do. Yeah, I hate them. I absolutely hate them. Uh, well, I hate them because we're always playing in them. Champagne was out when you heard that was uh, the case, was it? It was really. Like, I wouldn't mind if it was, you know, if it was France Island on a Friday night. I'd be like, oh, that's great. You know, either watch that down the pub or watch it, watch it at home. Nice warm up for the rest of the weekend. But really, like it's just for me, it ruins that whole match day routine. You know, I love getting up on match day and being really excited about the game. I just, I only want Wales to play on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah it's fine if it's anybody else. Yeah, but Wales. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same about Sunday games as well. Actually, I don't like Sunday games. Yeah, yeah. it's it feels right on a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't it? But you know, growing the game and TV audiences and all that are always going to dominate. But yeah, that's set to set to be the place for the next couple of seasons at least. And then who knows what we're we're going to be faced with with world leagues and whatnot. Do you, have you had a chance to study this yet, Dan? Do you have any kind of comprehension of what this proposed world league might look like? Yeah, I've had a, I've had a look at it. Mm. But, um, Initial I, thoughts? Uh, is it needed? I think that was my thought before. I think it Still. is when it comes to the autumn. I think the autumn, sadly, has as the game has progressed, I think those those one-off test matches were very, very special because they didn't happen that often before. You know, you think back to you think back to when the game was was amateur and you'd have New Zealand come and do a massive long tour of of the British Isles and, you know, they do you remember they were playing midweek games against West Wales or against East Wales and yeah. Wales A and all these things, which I used to love, which obviously they sadly there is no time for in the professional game. I just think that when you're playing a side so often, you know, we play Australia three or four times every blooming season, it seems. So I kind of think that those autumn games have lost their dazzle with the the exception of New Zealand. And you do need to do something that, that kind of spices it up a bit. Player welfare is the major concern. I think there's probably a bit too much expected on the players of what's been proposed at the moment. But Will it have an impact though on the Six Nations and the World, and the World Cup? I mean, the... Yeah, the autumn internationals aren't. Uh, they don't have the same feel at all. Do they, no. to the Six Nations, and they don't different. have the same feel as they used to. I don't think. No, but maybe you know, time times are changing as mm. well, and and it's it's hard to. It's a different. We're in a different. It's just different now, isn't it? I I just wonder whether you know if we have got this World League, then does the Six will the Six Nations still have that importance? Because for me, that's the best annual tournament there is in 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 world rugby. Um, you know, I don't really want anything to, to 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 take anything away from that, and the World Cup as well. Will it will it take a little bit of 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 that sort of that feeling that you get when the World Cups, you know, coming around, the build up that you have towards it? I think mm. I think you will lose a bit of. I don't think I. You know, it's not going to compare to the World Cup, really. I don't think because it's the World Cup where you have it all in. It's so intense. It's so intense. You know, and, and like particularly where it's in somewhere like Japan, and it's all on. All on one, all in one country. I think you have that real festival, and it's not spread out over over two births. So I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna devalue the World Cup. I get your point about the Six Nations, but you know the securing securing the financial thing. And this this is not, as we said before, this is not just about lining the pockets of of a load of suits. I don't think that's World Rugby's intention here. It is about securing the long term financial success of the game. Now, in order to do that, yeah, some people will get rich. You can't. You put that in contrast to to CVC, who we keep mentioning, and their interests. You know, their investment in Premiership Rugby is a great bailout for the clubs right now. CVC, are gonna, now, isn't it? CVC are going to want that money back. So, you know, I'm kind of open to looking at all things. They're just going to turn the screw there, aren't they? They are. And turn it until there's no more. It can't go in anymore. I think but, that's. I think that's the case, yeah. Dan. Again, another cheery note to finish on. I tell you what, let's do let's do player of the week and week to forget before we before we wrap up for this episode. Player of the week, who's someone who's uh, or who's who's on the shortlist for Dan Killett this week? Shortlist for me would be Jared Evans, mm-hmm. uh, Alice Summerhill, yeah, Justin, yeah, yeah. J- Justin Tipperick, 
thought he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, Owen Lane had a big game. Who am I forgetting? Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I, really, I think they're, they're, you've named some players who've had a really big impact. We said I, Rod- Rodri had a big, had a, a, a good game. At, Rodri had a good game for, at nine for the Dragons, but, you know, and ultimately a losing cause. Dan Evans played well. Dan, yeah, I mean, you can't, yeah, actually, yeah, I'll tell you four, what, you can't, four tries is, is still pretty damn hard to ignore, isn't it? Um, he was a, he was a different, <clears throat> he was a difference again, wasn't he, really? You know, cuts those lines better than anyone else. It's almost, it's almost straight out of Lee Burns' book, isn't it? Um, it's hard to go beyond him, isn't it? Yeah, look, I, th- I think in terms of... You've in got terms someone of, else there, haven't you? I don't think I have. I, well, I did, I did think um, the boy off the bench for Cardiff in the back row, oh, Shane, um, Lewis Shane Lewis Hughes, had another really good I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought him up. He looks, yeah. He's like the Terminator out there, isn't he? Yeah, he's a... He's a He's a specimen, isn't he? He is. He's, he is a specimen. He's got his hard as nails, isn't he? I'd anticipate he's going to get a bit more rugby now with yeah, Win the VD on the sideline and obviously Ellis Jenkins' sideline for a long time. Oh, looking forward to seeing him. He's a big old unit, isn't he? A six yeah. foot four hard. Had a load of turnovers. Yep. Um, yeah, he's a real prospect. Yeah. Another one in the pack row, just what we need. So I think the, the player excited me the most over the weekend was, was it, it's between Jared Evans and Thomas Williams. Uh, but, I knew Thomas Williams uh, but I think you've got to give it to Downs for four tries haven't you getting yeah. a bonus point on your own it's pretty impressive let's give it that one what about week to forget Dan week to forget uh, Nigel Owens when he the ball he I did, thought it was quite amusing actually yeah, it was but yeah. he didn't have to pick it up no he didn't he, he did, you don't, you don't mm. sort of accidentally catch the ball do you yeah uh no, but you, you, know, you I, do. I, I'm thinking it's almost like. But you just sort of. It's like Ken Owens in the third Lions test. You know what I mean? Where he <laughs> caught it and then dropped, dropped it. Dropped it. Yeah. Dropped it. It was kind of. I think Nice just couldn't. He was like he could not. He wanted that moment, didn't he? He said, "Right, I, I shouldn't be catching this, but it's part. Yeah, I'm going to take it." And yeah. he absolutely loved it, didn't he? he did. All the boys coming in behind him. Pretending to have a little ruck with him. Steady on, mate. Um, yeah, mate. Look, maybe I, I thought that was quite. I thought that was quite uh, entertaining. To be fair. Um, okay, scrap that. Who scrap that? Who are you, who are you um, with? A week to forget could be pretty much Priestland. That's uh, not Priestland. Patchell. Patchell. Yeah, I think actually, to be fair, it's 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 Reece Patchell would be the week to forget. It's it's hard to look past that because you. You know, you've not seen many of those that performances, kick, that kick, but that kicks kick up, didn't into, it? Yeah. And on 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 Priestland now, is there a rumour that he might be coming to the Blues? He's a rumour. He's he's going everywhere. I think a lot depends on, as we were saying earlier. He wanted everywhere, wouldn't he? Yeah. Every one of the regions. You know, got that got that experience uh, out of contract. Has that you know the ability to get a back line going when he's playing his best rugby I think now he's older and out, he's been out of the spotlight for a while as well he's really kind of um, yeah he's really matured he's and not cheaper no a few pound notes there but yeah and look you know who's, the, the finance of the regions is, is something we've we've covered uh, a lot but if he's you know if there is if he's if he's looking to move back to move back home, which, you know, otherwise, you know, I don't know, maybe he'd have had a look down the road at Bristol, maybe he'll still end up there. But if if there is a desire to move back home, I think, yeah, you're right, all the all the all the regions will be interested in him. And I could see him slotting into any of them. A lot will depend at Cardiff if Anscombe stays or goes. It'd be yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean Cardiff's been talked about. I think I think the Scarlets would uh <clears throat> Would uh, would would welcome him back? That's for sure. Yeah, he would. But I mean, they've got you know they've got two. You know, I don't. Let's we're saying Rhys Patrick's had a week to forget. He has, but I don't see him get spiralling into some nosedive of awful form. You know, I think he's still he's still a, he's still a class act. Dan Jones again, you know, been in and out of the side a little bit over the last couple of seasons, but he's a he's a very a very neat and tidy player. Whether or not Priestland, you know. Obviously, he adds that extra level of quality. Whether or not it's the finances to to bring in a player when he's not going to be that first choice, I don't know. I could see. I could see him at the Ospreys. Hmm. I see then. 
Yeah, we will see very soon. But yes, let us know what you think about any of the issues we've discussed on this episode. And you can do that on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. And you can do it on Facebook by liking our Facebook page or indeed getting stuck into our Facebook group, which is simply called Wales Rugby Fans. And as we always say, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, we'll make sure we give you a shout out on air. That's it for this week. We'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.